This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com. I am Mike Casaza. Welcome you in for our initial review of our second spring practice here at West Virginia. Chris Anderson, I was there, so you didn't have to be. Dare I say that you might have gotten the short end of the stick on this one. Frequently, these practices are kind of mundane, special teams, stretching. People ask me, how does the team look? And I go, I don't know, limber? <laughs> get to see a whole lot. But today was um, today was in excess of, of an hour and 45 minutes, really just about two hours from opening the gates early to letting it stay a little bit longer. Uh, I think you certainly broke through with some of your commentary on access. So kudos to you. But listen, no um, no snipers trained on me. I didn't see the red dot in my forehead because you said something that might have made them mad. It was pretty pretty open, pretty fun out there. Um, just the second day, not a lot of takeaways, but certainly some breadcrumbs that we can follow from almost the start to the finish, which is the spring game on April 23rd. Yeah, second day of practice. So limited pads, limited contact, but getting closer to resembling real actual football. It looked like from the videos that that Andrew sent me and from some of the things you've commented on that they, they truly lined up in first team versus second team, seven versus seven, kind of 11 versus 11 kind of stuff. Um, so you might've actually been able to take some things from this practice. So let's go there, Mike. What, what was the very first thing? What, what would you say the biggest thing that stood out to you from this practice? You know, it was kind of like one of those, you know, you used to watch like a sitcom like Seinfeld or whatever, and they'd be like, oh, it's our 100th episode. Let's give you highlights from the first 99. Yeah. And this was like playing the hits from practices. You saw like just offense against air. You saw the one-on-one battles with the receiver against a defensive back. You saw inside zone with the offense against the defense. You saw a variety of quarterback drills. You saw a turnover circuit. You saw just bizarre things that, just seemed like they were just clipping things together. And I don't know if it's because it was a second practice. I'm suspicious that it had anything to do with like, Ooh, the media's here. Let's give them good content. But it just seemed like it was just like a mosaic of all these little things that do add up, but a bit of this, a bit of this, a bit of this. And that was kind of fun for me. Like I got to see everything from, you know, what cornerback or safety can cover receiver to, you know, what receiver decides, Hey, I really want to go against Charles Woods. That says something to me. I always keep an eye on, you know, hey, who are tough guys in the team? If you're going to play that shield in front of the punter, and that means you're going to eat the pass rush every time, that means you're a tough dude. And they, they got a bunch of people on that who are probably, you know, not surprising. Mention them all in my, uh, my, my recap that's on the website. And then, you know, just, just drills and stuff like that, like scoop and score drills for offensive linemen. You know, following the ball, but also, hey, make a play, pick it up and run. That was kind of fun to see the big guys do that and enjoy it. I doubt they get to do a whole lot of that stuff. And then, you know, pass protection. How do you do pass protection drills, which are important, when you're not in pads and you're not really going live and it's just the second day? And what good is it to do to have, like, Taj Austin screaming around the corner on your right tackle and blowing up Justin Johnson on March 24th? Not a whole lot. So what do you do? 
Well, you get one running back to get into his stance, like on the pad blocks, you know. You simulate a snap, and then another running back wings a medicine ball at him. <laughs> like, that's your Taj Austin bending around the corner and hitting the running back. But that was fun to watch. Like, hey, what does Jalen Anderson do when someone wings a medicine ball at him? Well, he parries it to the left, and he sits in his stance, and he does something good. You know, what does is, what is Justin Johnson do? He's not as big or as heavy. Well, hey, he takes the hit, but he also moves the ball to the side so it doesn't get to his quarterback. You can get something out of these if you want to. You can get something out of them if you're allowed in. But there was a lot to behold and a lot to take from it. I found that to be pretty enjoyable. Well, I'll go through a couple of things. I don't want to steal everything from your VIP article. Again, the dollar for a whole month of VIP for those that, that aren't members yet that are listening. You can get the full story from that um, right up from Mike. But I, I'm looking through it and, and, you know, I see not too many surprises as far as who's starting where, who's playing where, except for one big thing in the secondary. Marcus Floyd, cat safety instead of cornerback. Were you able to take anything from that while watching practice today? Was it what, what was he able to do? What does he look like out there? Yeah, I, I was like, well, are they playing like a rover? Like, what's going on here? Like, because I was like, there's three corners in the field. Like, Woods, corner. Andrew Wilson, Lamp, corner. Now, we've, we've wondered, hey, was Lamp going to be a corner for sure? He's a big guy. He can run. Maybe he's a free. Maybe he's a cap. Uh, Woods can play all over the backfield. So I was thinking, all right, one of these guys moved around. But they were definitely positioned as cornerbacks, which made me think that Floyd was not. So is he a nickel? No. Is he a rover? No. He was positioned where the cat is positioned. Like, that's the... That spot in the field is where that guy always is. That's where you saw Sean Mahone the past several years. So he was in that spot, um, new to him for sure. But it does seem like, I mean, he's cornerback can play that, can definitely play that. I know we kind of like, we get fixed on, you know, free safety kind of being a big corner. You got to run and, and you got to be able to cover. And, and moreover, West Virginia really wants to have like coverage abilities and speed at that position. So, you know, while free safety does make some sense there, and that's what Alonzo Adai had been before. And before that, you think back to um, uh, Brown's first season, Josh, what was his name? Little cornerback played free safety, broke his collarbone. Oh, Josh Norwood. Sorry, I didn't know you were tagging me in there. Josh Norwood. Yeah, Josh Norwood, cornerback playing free safety. But, like, if you can get a similar player or a similar ability, speed, ball skills, that cat, do it. So I think that's something they're going to think about there. I, I wonder if that would have been the case before because I think Davis Mallinger was someone that they had talked about as the cat before. Might have that wrong. But even if he was or wasn't, he's not an option now because he's playing spear because they don't have St. McLeod. So – some of it's necessity due to circumstances, but some of it is they just don't have anybody. Whether whether it was Malinger or someone else, there's not a lot of experience there. He's not experienced at this level. He's played a lot. He's been successful at his level. If he can use the spring to accelerate his transition, that position's not impossible to learn. And I'm sure there's some transferable qualities, you know, reading an offense, knowing the defense, but also just physically. So, you know, could I say that he looks like an all conference player or a starter? Absolutely not. But like I didn't see anything going over his head. He was getting coached between some plays because he was maybe here and he should have been there. He might have been deeper. He's too shallow, whatever. I, I would think that's to be expected. And you almost want to see him make some errors like that because they're easy to fix at the moment and then on film. But, you know, he wasn't busting coverages, chasing anybody. And, and again, they threw a lot of passes today. There was a lot of stuff against defensive backs. And you know, I didn't notice anything out there that was like, well, that's not a good idea. 
seemed like there's some chance for that to, to grow from here. Yeah, when I looked at that that five, that starting five you had in your in your write up for the secondary, my first thought was, holy cow, this is exactly what we talked about on the podcast the other day, getting more speed. Andrew Wilson Lamp, speedster, Davis Malinier, uh, speedster. And then instead of a, a bigger safety and these bigger safeties, you're bringing in more cornerback type bodies for those safety spots that have more speed that can cover more ground. But then I wondered, just as you also just noted out, how much of this is just St. McLeod's out? Because one one domino falls, St. McLeod being out for the spring, and you know Malinger has to move over to Spear, and then somebody has to move in to take uh, Malinger's spot, and then whoever moved to take Malinger's spot, and then has somebody has to replace them, and so on and so forth. So I don't know if this is how it's going to look come fall camp. Um, they have talked at length about cross-training uh, some of these guys, corner, safety. So maybe this is part of it, just to figure out, getting the best five guys on the field, but I, I'm curious how it, if it'll evolve over the spring or if it'll be complete, just completely different come fall. Yeah, and then if they do move into cornerback at some point, because Jordan Leslie even said on Thursday, look, more likely than not, we're going to play him at corner at some point in the season. Maybe it's as a package. Maybe he starts. Who knows? Well, then who's your cat? We'll see. That That's a question I have to answer, and, and we might actually get to that in a subsequent episode, but um, person may not be on campus yet. That could be a freshman. That could be somebody else. We'll see. But um, that was interesting. The other one, and we had talked about this too, you had mentioned the offensive line being a big story. Um, small story there as far as availability. I don't know how far it'll go. But something else that was interesting too is that, yeah, it's a big deal. They want to get the right five. They have the places, the pieces in place, we think. So everything you touched on there, it's great to have an idea at the start and grow from there to get to something more finalized by the spring game but in the in the effort to get to five rolling in number six seven and eight maybe nine like what does that do to your five i don't know what does that do to your backups i don't know and i think a lot of us have projected that tomas rematch would be a tackle correct Mm-hmm. guard today now again second day of spring are they trying it whatever but he was a right guard excuse me left guard um, could he play left tackle? Sure. Do they like to have guys who know both positions on one side? Sure. But he played some tackle today too. So that was interesting to me because that was a bit new. And also at left tackle, we've not seen a lot of Chris Mayo. He was what the number two or three ranked recruit in his recruiting class a couple of years ago. He was playing left tackle today too. So those are guys that, you know, it's maybe, maybe more so for a guy like Mayo because he's been here a year longer than Remach, who's just a redshirt freshman. But you, you're never at a now or never when it comes to offensive linemen because you don't want to run them off, but you're always trying to recruit and replace and just get talent here, whether it's transfers or freshmen. So there's a clock ticking against them. And if you're a guy like May or even a guy who's just a redshirt freshman, you know, people are going to move in and try to steal your spots, especially if you're recruiting better, which I think West Virginia believes it's doing. So to see them on the field and to see them in some sort of a pecking order and then for a guy like Remach to have a different position or Mayo actually have a position, that's a starting point, and we see where it goes from there. All right. You want to finish where we started, if you will? We're going to finish this podcast with where we started this quick listen um, series. Quarterback. Long snapper. <laughs> no. Quarterback, you have had one full day, full day, to watch the quarterback competition at West Virginia University. Mike, who's the starter on uh, – uh, in the fall? Mm, I'll tell you the night before the game. <laughs> or I'll tell you on my radio show on Monday night or whenever they're going to do that. It's 
Listen, today wait, was Will Crowder's wait, one, day. One quick interjection, Mike. Make sure you get paid to do the, a separate radio interview before you uh, release that information. Okay. Uh, today was Will Crowder's day in the sun, in the crosshairs, whatever you want to call it, because they're rotating. They're going by um, seniority, I guess. So Garrett Green was first. Nico Marchio will come up on Saturday. In between is Will Crowder. He benefited at times from throwing to the better receivers. Like, again, Sam James looks very, very good. He's fast. He's lean. He's confident. He looks like he's having fun out there. Body language stuff is with a guy like him, I think, has been apparent before that it's been not the best of times for him. He looks like he's having fun out there. And for a guy who might have transferred or thought about it to to stick around because he believed in something happening. And we think that by and large had to do with a change on offense, you know, new quarterback, new coordinator. It kept guys in the nest. That's good. He looked like a guy who who maybe thought he made the right decision. He made some very nice plays and also Prather and Bryce Ford Wheaton are big guys outside. They're going to be trouble. So it's easy to throw to guys like that and look good. Now, because it was his day in the sun or in the crosshairs or whatever, he got, uh, let's say, coached up a lot. He got talked to a lot. And I don't know if it's because that's the person that got, you know, Graham Harrell's attention because it's his day or if he was making mistakes. But a lot of it was, why'd you throw it here? The safety was low. Why'd you throw it there? The safety was deep. You know, you should have gone here. You should have gone there. He was getting coached up a lot on stuff. Um, eh, kind of put the ball in some tricky spots a few times. And, and just to me was not the best of the three quarterbacks out there. I would pick Gary Green as the guy who looked the best on day two. Um, They did some stuff where it was short screen stuff outside. I I don't think that they ran more than a handful of plays. You know, it was probably screen, short, intermediate, deep, like shot plays to screen passes and and very little in between. And Green can handle that stuff. Like he can throw the quick stuff where, especially when he's rolling out, looks very good when he rolls out, could hit the screens. It wasn't a problem. So if he pivots his hips and he throws outside or if he's throwing to a guy who's coming into the middle, hey, that's fine. Deep balls, listen, they're going to be harder on everybody for sure. Uh, stuff in the middle, deep middle, like intermediate middle, yeah, a guy like that might have different windows. But, you know, they did these drills. They tried to obscure it. They were using, they were using pool noodles as pass rushers and put them up, and then you got to get the ball in between the noodles. And he was doing that in the middle of the field, and that to me was impressive. It, it wasn't breaking down for him. You really had to color inside the lines on stuff. And for a guy who was criticized last year for, you know, busting the game plan, breaking contain, going outside and doing stuff. Well, you're not allowed to do that in these drills here. And he stayed on script, stayed on schedule and got the ball to where it's supposed to be. I thought he was good. Um, I know people are going to listen to this and say, what about Nico Marchio? Looked fine. Um, got strip sacked once by Graham Harrell in a turnover drill. Had to do some push-ups, uh, threw an interception on a deep ball, but interception wasn't his fault. Davis Malinger made probably the play of the day, made a one-handed interception. Um, trailing the play, he wasn't out of position, but he was trailing the receiver, but it was an excellent play on a deep ball to, might have been Reese Smith. I'm pretty sure it was Reese Smith, but like, good ball, could have been a better ball. Great play by the defender. I don't think he fooled anybody by being left-handed. He didn't, you know, miss receivers, but was he perfect? No. Uh, made some mistakes. Um, got, got mentored a lot on footwork, and they did footwork drills that naturally – Crowder and especially Green are more familiar with. Um, and when it came time to throw it into the net, he was good. You know, there's three different boxes you try to throw it into in the net. He was fine. Um, the ball gets there. It's He's taller. It looks easier to him than it does the other three. There's a lot to work with there. But I wouldn't say that today he's ready to start. But that certainly isn't the, the answer they're trying to provide on, you know, the second day in spring. Right. No, no definitive answer. Second day of spring, maybe not even a definitive answer at the end of spring. Uh, but uh, safe to say that maybe you got to see a little more or learn a little more about these quarterbacks than than maybe you thought you would have heading into the 
not even the end of the first week of spring practice. Yeah, I think so. And again, just, I mean, I don't know what, what it was, but the stuff where they rolled out or they moved the pocket, is that going to be part of this offense? Because if it is, that that gives Garrett Green footing. So who knows? Can't compare it to what happened on Tuesday. Unfortunately, I won't be there Saturday. Someone will have to be my eyeballs. But, you know, what what did we learn today that matters on Saturday? That's that's a piece of the puzzle right now we need to pay attention to because some of it could just be installation and it's the third day and this are, here's our three-day plan. But part of that third day plan might be like, well, let's try to establish some continuity from day one and or day two. And if some stuff is familiar and the success repeats itself or the failures repeat themselves, you stick a pin in it and you make sure you don't forget it. Well, Mike, actually, I, I didn't want to end with that. I had one more question and maybe we'll put this on the uh, Ear Sports Plus program mm -hmm. because I, I have to ask you, how many more secret feet picks are you going to take during practice? My little nod to Rex Ryan. <laughs> you you got to be VIP to get that one, folks. I'm, I'm sorry, but yeah. that was a great way to end your article. And uh, I, maybe it's a good way to end this podcast. I think it says a lot about the person, not the person taking the picture necessarily, although there might be something to that, but also the person who is in the photograph. Yeah, absolutely. Let's wrap it up, Chris. We have more work to do, plenty to talk about in spring football. We'll be back before you know it. Until then, I'm Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We will talk to you later. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.